welcome to the Shattered Dungeons Podcast. I'm your host and Arcmaster, David DeSanto. This show is impossible to do without support from you. If you'd like to tune in live, you can catch us Tuesday nights at 9.30pm Eastern at twitch.tv slash Shattered Tabletop Games. Hello, my name is Reg, and you're watching Shattered Dungeons. Somewhere... It's a handsome man you got up there, I just want you to know. Uh, Welcome, everybody. If you didn't know, we are Shattered Dungeons. We play an indie RPG every Tuesday night called Shatter Dawn for everyone to enjoy. And tonight is the episode two, sorry, my bad, arc two recap episode, episode 50 of our team. We're only episode. recapping episode two. Yes, episode two. This is uh, this has become a very long form podcast. <laughs> yes, talk about one episode recap. Yeah. Two episodes. So uh, just two. We have to milk engagement. Yeah. So just as a heads up of how we are going to do this from a formatting standpoint. We are going to take a guided tour through Arc 2, answering all questions from chat. Uh, And then towards the end of the episode, we'll kind of do a where are they now for each of our characters. And then finally, uh, as we get ready to uh, end the episode, we will simply take a peek at what Arc 2.5 and Arc 3 have in store for us. So... uh, all that to say, don't forget to subscribe on Twitch, to follow on Twitch, to become a patron on our Patreon page, to be a subscriber on YouTube, and follow us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, keep coming back to that Twitch thing. Really watch us live, everybody listening. Do it. <laughs> yes. And then uh, do not forget to check out the opaloutletshop.com. Uh, sorry, opaloutletshop.com. Uh, for miniatures and the like. Now, uh, real quick, let's do, uh, let's just kind of jump on into our characters, just for those of you who may be joining us for the first time uh, or watching this to see what the heck happened in Arc 2. So, tonight, we will have Nikina played by Jordan. I mean, technically, uh, I sound like this now, but you know, you, mo- you might recognize this voice a little better. That's you know. the voice that we come came to tolerate. Uh, Barely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, begrudgingly. The voice, you know, the voice you know and loathe. <laughs> yes, accuracy. Uh, Brand is played by Lauren. Oh, hey, y'all. I'm Brand, and I have a kingdom to take over. Yes, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Uh, we have Callisto, who is played by Heather. Good evening, everyone. I cannot believe I did not die. <laughs> and the moral compass of our group, uh, <laughs> Flynn, who is played by Dion. The man, the uh, man. Uh, the moral compass, our group was totally screwed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the man around who we were morally bankrupt if I was the, uh, <laughs> the morals, this, uh, this art as. I was just happy doing what whatever Bell Thief said. So. The kiss of death yeah. guy is the, the moral <laughs> chewy center. We are <laughs> Tasty uh, nougat. Yeah, I'm sure Bell Thief probably told you to do that too. 
I mm, guess I'm the maybe. nut clusters. Kiss and kill. So, um, real quick, we're going to start kind of, again, this is going to be a guided tour through Arc 2. Ask any and all questions, please. Uh, I have a question. Yes, go ahead. I'd like to establish canon that Belfief is the one who taught uh, Flynn the, the kiss and stab. <laughs> okay. <laughs> considering <laughs> considering he did the stab, he he did the stab to uh, Karnar. I like to think there was a kiss involved. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> like it was like, like a... you know the Italian, you know, like the mobster goodbye, and he what, stabbed him that way. What's funny about that moment, looking back on it, is when that happened. Belfith stabbed Karnar from behind, which means to do that, he would have had to like. On the the, yeah. the ear, the earlobe, maybe the back little, of the neck or something. Nibble, like a yeah. horse. Really gross. Uh, so the uh, uh, the very beginning, okay, when we were creating characters for Arc 2, is the character that you ended up with the character you sought to create? Much, Dion yeah. is shaking his head wildly no. <laughs> uh, Dion, what was different from the character you aimed to create versus how Flynn ended up uh, being? The skills, actually. I um, I was planning on going uh, hardcore into the phasing stuff. I was going to do a lot of hand-to-hand stuff. And in that very first episode, there was five of us doing hand-to-hand combat. So I was like... Okay, I'm gonna not advance this one anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think the the trick is not everyone was planning to go the distance with it. I mean, I know that was my and I literally for the second we said what what character ideas I said I'm making Goku. I'm going hand to hand. But for like level one, you have no equipment. Hand to hand is the like best offensive and defensive. Uh, advancement you can take. Yeah, it's pretty even across the board for sure. Now, uh, it is important to note for everyone who uh, watched Arc 2, uh, multiple things were happening, uh, and I think this may help kind of peel back some uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff, but as we're playing through Arc 2, we began uh, really with the ARC 1.5 playtesting some elements for not only 2nd edition, but also an expansion that is centered around the Azure itself. And so with that, there were multiple, well, three advancement trees that were new to the game uh, that each one of you at some point or another got to, to, uh, to playtest for me. Uh, phasing was one of them, and I feel like a lot of you guys early on used it. It was cool to see the what the Grandmaster phasing looks like uh, from Nikina. Uh, but also, Gensar had uh, what was called Azuremancy, uh, mm-hmm. or is called, uh, and so he could, we saw in early episodes, he would build bridges, he would move the ground and stuff. Uh, very helpful and convenient until he decided to get killed. Um, or we remembered. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he would hold on to that info too, which was. Say what you will. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it was very funny after the fact, though. Uh, and then. We'll, we'll nearly die crossing one chasm, and then mm-hmm. right after we finally. Okay, we made it. Ray's like, oh, by the way, I, I make a bridge for myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
I'll let you all live. The other advancement tree that he also play tested was um uh I forget what it's called now. Oh, get out of here, Windows update. Yeah. Okay. Please, please let me into your life. I need Didn't he have the one where you can make pets? Yes, that one. Uh, I forget what that one's called now, but basically Builder you can. Head. No, no, that was a. That was something different. Uh, what yeah. he would do, I would have to. I'm going to find it real quick. Um, but that advancement tree let let him learn how to become animals. Uh, and he could graft parts of them to himself. So, like, at higher levels, he could sprout wings if he wanted to, or uh, blue skadoo into, like, a dragon if he wanted to. Yeah, like like shape change. Yeah, like shape change. Druid. Yep. Um... I feel like he really... Rafe was, like, real heavy into the idea at first. And I was excited to see where he's going to take it. And then for some reason, at some point, we just never saw it again. He died. He used it a bit. I mean, <laughs> no, no, when we, he, we switched over, he was taking stuff for, like, the, the cats. Remember the panthers or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so oh, he was constantly collecting. Sorry. He, he was had... collecting things, but he wasn't using this. Like, once we, once we made it to, like, started that chunk, I guess, his final arc uh, for that character... He just stopped using the skill, and it was like, oh, okay. So I got it backwards. Azuromancy is the ability to become animals and all that stuff. Uh, Archetism was creating uh, uh, bridges and stuff. Hey, Michaela, wow. Uh, So that was pretty cool to watch. Uh, people playtest just like in the last episode we got to see uh, Sog playtest for me uh, some chaos magic and so that's uh, that was fun because that's something we a... is that just magic you don't understand kind of <laughs> I was just going to say we, we have a very interesting spirited debate about french fries and chat I see for those that. of that's you wonderful. listening and not being able to see uh, the debate initially is about the best type of fry, which I stand curly fries. Um, wow. But uh, the idea of frazzermancy, which is the <laughs> ability to become different types of fries, there's, there's is a amazing. lot of different types of fry. There really are, yeah. Uh, so that's suicidal, though, right? Frazzermancy, you turn yourself into a different type of fries, and someone's going to eat you. Hmm. That's I mean, we already know that turning so yourself you turn into your, Then you turn yourself into a rancid fry, and they die, and then I don't know. Well, <laughs> you die too, right? You know. I think some, you might get thrown some, away. Which I mean, uh, mm. man, this wait. debate in chat is spirited. Who wait? Who batters fries? You've uh, never had like rallies or checkers yeah, fries. Checkers, checkers rallies. Are, checkers are those. Yeah, those are like battered fries. Yeah, yeah. seasoned fries are yeah. basically battered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Denny's Denny's seasoned fries. Well, I, I would okay. Potato. So when I talk curly fries, I specifically mean like the Rally's Checkers fries are my top tier fry. Wait, but that's not a curly fry. Oh, there's a different type of fry there. 
Yeah, it's it's like the curly that fries. You excuse me. I need to hit the old pasty <laughs> chicken. There's some fast found, food joints to hit. He found some life-changing information. I'm gonna leave the children sleeping in their beds. They're fine. <laughs> Bring <laughs> them back. They won't wake oh, up dear. probably. Wait, chat saying uh, mashed potatoes are some of the worst. Wait, that's inaccurate. No, that's because somebody said mashed potatoes was fries. Wait, is that um, technically you can use mashed potatoes to create home fries, which is really just a potato pancake. So don't be a. It's not really fries. If you if you if you mashed potato turned it into a patty and then fried it, isn't that not a hash brown? Well, a hash brown would be shredded uh, potato and then baked into a cake. But baked into a cake, so you still have like the shredded chunks. You know what? My hot take. Oh, mashed potatoes are greater than fries. Ooh. What? Noki is the best fry. Period. Get eat that chat. <laughs> ha. Bengals. I don't know. So, uh, going back to uh, some of what we were talking about before chat invaded with fries, uh, go uh, when you first started Arc Two. Uh, what was your thoughts in Arc One? We had a brief jaunt into the Azure, so you could kind of guess some things. Um, did you feel like it had a radically different tone than Arc 1 did? And if so, what did you like and dislike about it? I feel like it had a different tone. I mean, there was a different world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, had to take a portal to get anywhere. I think there's more direction mm-hmm. in, um, in Arc 2. Like, there was more... Uh, story progression um, and less open world type feeling for me in um, in Arc Two, but we also didn't take a lot of initiative. Uh, yeah, in some cases, yeah. So yeah, so some of that is us not trying to uh, explore as much in Arc Two. But yeah, I think it it felt completely different than uh, Arc One, one hundred percent. There's. There's more like intrigue, double crossing, kind of like, oh, now you have to go over here and do the thing. Like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't frustrated, but I was like, wow, there's a lot of circles we're going in to never (laughs) get (laughs) what you're supposed to be getting. (laughs) (laughs) There's always one more thing. Yeah. One more thing. So uh, it was pretty funny when we set out to do this arc because I had to work backwards. I knew the last three episodes what they were going to be when we started, and then I had to fill in the middle area. Uh, And some episodes came like nothing. Like, oh, yeah, easy. This is exactly what needs to happen. And then others were like, "Uh, I got nothing. You're in an escape room. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I uh, like the escape room. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh yeah, the times yeah. when we had riddles and stuff, I was like, oh, this could take a while. Yeah. Uh, I like the change of pace though. Let's just kill them all. <laughs> uh, we just shoot our way out. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it definitely. We had more. I guess a a, a way to put it is with Belfie there. We had, from the ground, yeah, from hitting the ground with R2, 
we had a more structured focus of someone saying, this is your objective, this is what you need to do. And it was us approaching a problem to solve it as opposed to arc one where they're like, hey, these bad guys are after you, what do you want to do? And you know, we're like, uh, we could hide here, we could go here, we could go and kill them. Like, it, it def- so it definitely, each arc had us thinking in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely had a vastly dis- different feeling. But for me, I spent a year being Reg, <laughs> like both both in in the arc and then on my own stream. That when it was, oh, you're not gonna be Reg anymore. I literally was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure when we started in the beginning if Reg would succeed at all. And then I got my footing, I felt comfortable, and people liked Reg. And I'm like, I don't know if, am I gonna be a one hit wonder? Is there gonna be anything memorable about me doing my shenanigans? Um, And I think I I think I chose to take Nikona intentionally in a non-reg direction by being, you know, having this voice and being kind of like your annoying kid brother. Uh, you know, just to just to force myself to play it differently. And I like to think it kind of did okay besides Tofu trying to kill me. If Reg yeah, lived they, they, in... Go ahead, Heather. They, they tried to kill you a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, it, <laughs> if Reg was famous, Nikina was infamous. Infamous? Yes. <laughs> uh, so one of the um you're the worst character i've ever heard of (laughs) ah but you ah, but you have heard of me (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh so one of the things that i really like from running games is watching how people create different characters to mix it up and then there are some people who don't ever want to do that um None of you who are on this show as regular cast members play the same character all the time. I'll just throw that out there now. Ray doesn't play the same character from episode to episode. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. What's he doing today? (laughs) So a great example is in arc one, we had Lutz, uh, who was played by Cliff, who helped us uh, develop Shattered Dawn and uh, do the Kickstarter, all that that stuff. Lutz is the same character Cliff has always played, period, no matter what game we've ever played. Okay. Also the birth of the birth of you. Yeah. Oh yeah, Frank. So, uh, that being said, you guys, I've noticed, take a really good approach to making different and unique characters. As far as from arc one to arc two, uh, those being your mainstay characters, what did you do differently to make your unique character? Um, we'll start with Lauren since Jordan's muted. Um, I feel like, and going back to like your first question, I feel like I did fail a little bit at like keeping the character that I set out. I sort of slid back into mom mode a little bit because with PAX, it was very like, I played it very safe. Um, you know, it was a very like moral, fairly moral centric character until it was dark PAX and that was actually a ton of fun. But I really wanted Brand to be 
more histrionic. And I think as I got tired towards like, as, like if I was just tired that night, it was just a lot harder for me to bring that just super histrionic, like we're all gonna die. Oh mm-hmm. wait, everything's wonderful. <laughs> um, I was, I like, I wanted something completely opposite of PAX. Um, but I still like, I, I struggle being like bad unless everyone knows like I'm just a bad character. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to play like just a super evil character at some point. Good news! <laughs> we have Arc 3 coming up and we'll explain a little bit about that and I'll read you guys the uh, introduction so you can make some choices. Um, now, uh, Dion, what about you? Uh, with Flynn, you you play a similar way, obviously, and, and, and that's one thing that the just nature of human beings. We all have a certain style, but I feel like um, Flynn and Caden are, are are very different, but they kind of follow s- some similar mannerisms. So uh, I would say that Caden was more ambitious and he wanted to accomplish things in life. And my initial goal with Flynn was to explore the Lamkai side of it. And I never even brought that part into it. You know, he was a demon baby and I never used any of that. I didn't seek out other demon babies, which was what I originally wanted to do with the character. I wanted to do hand to hand. I wanted to do phasing because those two things went well together. Um, And I wanted to seek out other demon babies and maybe throw a wrench or two into the party dynamics a bit once I uh, synced up with my uh, demon babies. Mm-hmm. But after I changed the um, my direction for Flynn early on uh, in terms of uh, combat, and then I started getting used to this Bell Thief character, I really kind of liked just being what I felt was an evil henchman. Okay, so <laughs> that's the I vibe I got from you. People. Yeah, I didn't think we were good people. I think we, I thought we were really playing bad people but it turned out we were playing good people i didn't know what belfie's objectives were but that basically set my direction morality wise right mm-hmm. i like i like him so i just followed what he did and i supported i supported him and if you guys would have done something drastically bad against belfie um then we probably would have had some clashing within the uh story arc similar to what happened with uh, Rog in the first one. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's something that, honestly, as uh, I was setting up scenarios and, and writing dialogue and stuff like that, I would try and take into account Flynn's character uh, because you had been playing him like a henchman. Uh, and Because I, I remember, I think the first time you said it of like, he pays the bills, so I'm going to do what he tells me to do. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, okay, we're going that route with this. Okay, I'm on board. Uh, and then even even later, towards the very end, you, you know, right up until the very end, I felt like you really had that character's back. And there was so much doubt going around of, are we doing right, the right thing? Is this the right path we should follow are we resolute associates of Belfeath or are we like kind of doing our own thing and try not to rock the boat you you helped steer the direction of the group towards 
following Belfeath's whim, which was, you know, oftentimes when I write, I write multiple paths. And so having that, what my intended path would have been, uh, you kind of helped see that through for me. So that, that was super helpful from a writing standpoint. Um, but I kind of would have liked to see what would happen if, uh, with, with, uh, Caden, it was just fireball to the face one after the other, uh, <laughs> especially Flynn with the essence acts, you know, just, you know, cutting people in two. Now, uh, Heather, for Callisto's character, uh, when you started, uh, I, I'd say we were probably halfway through arc one, I want to say, uh, when Chivi was introduced. And Chivi had uh, a very, you know, sisterly bond with the queen. She was kind of a henchman, all that stuff, in a way. Uh, but with this character, uh, Callisto, you played someone who effectively had a level of amnesia. And so it, it oftentimes would feel like you were in the moment that you understood what was going on, but you lacked the experiential resource to make a decision on certain things. And that was really interesting to watch with, uh, like with Brand or Flynn or um, even with Jensar. Uh, because you, you, I, I could tell on your face what you wanted to do, but there were certain times where you opted not to go that route because of Callisto's personality traits. What was that like, uh, role-playing a character with, uh, a significant level of amnesia? It made it a little easier, because if I didn't know what to do, I would just forget, kind of like hiding behind a rock. <laughs> and then uh, I intended to really take her to the highest level of magical spells and everything, but I just couldn't figure out how I was ever going to do any damage. So I don't know. I just kind of I I figured she would have all these spells written on her body and she'd remember them all, but I don't know. I just couldn't quite figure it out. So I just decided I decided I'd just argue with Belfeath and. <laughs> And sh- shoot my bow and arrow. <laughs> there you go. I like the uh, the flying carpet edition. Edition. <laughs> I really threw. wanted that flying carpet. Uh, yeah, we need I missed a, it. We need a few uh, like Final Fantasy games. You need a few elements that stay the same no matter who's there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We need a flying carpet, a talking head. So uh, <laughs> on this, the carpet. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, this is going to be me uh, basically grilling you guys on certain things to see what actually stuck. Swifty is what's called a furcrin. Describe a furcrin. <laughs> so look like a big roach. Porcupine with pig. A, with a great heart. <laughs> I, I thought of a more like, um, kind of like a giant boar like they're bigger than boars right they're like smaller than donkeys or maybe they're close to a donkey size and they have tusks yeah that's the thing i remember there being lots of tusks mentioned i I thought it was like a like a cross between a porcupine and a pig so the furcrin is a scaly six-legged mouse with six eyes mouse yep 
Wow. I don't remember. So this was the first creature you guys encountered uh, besides the the dogs, the Corphone, that attacked you in the very first episode. This was the first episode you guys got to try and use your wilderness abilities to tame a creature. And it was the six-legged scale mouse. This this that one should be a, one. Yeah. What is what does a bileon look like? For big reference, bileon is biscuits and gravy. They're big that beetle the bugs. A cow bug. Yeah. A cow bug. Uh, They're giant roaches, right? That yeah. can carry stuff. Yep. Uh, it is a eight-legged creature with two long pincers on its front legs, has a large meaty body, and is used for meat in the Azure. Uh, when we first started, I would go look up everything we fought, mm-hmm. its rating and everything, and then that just dwindled. <laughs> Swifty didn't have tusks. Why do I think he had a tusk? Yeah, I can't remember. Well, I so, he had so Swifty and the Bileon were the first creatures you guys encountered, literally in the first episode. So I kind of anticipated those two kind of becoming an amalgamation of one another. <laughs> uh, now, in subsequent episodes, you guys got to fight some really fun, interesting creatures that uh, I developed. The, Thank you. Yes. Uh, what is the one that you remember the most? Oh, the giant hands and eyes is definitely going to say. Okay, Vakraban doesn't count. Doesn't Listen, it? Uh, it gets it burned it? into your memory, and it's fairly recent. I mean, you know, before that. That's the only thing I'm trying to think what really always picture is Flynn kissing that girl and stabbing her. Those were elements. All that just fight? stays there. Yeah. Wasn't there wasn't there like that giant esque monster that like almost practically started one shotting all of us? Yeah. Was that the spider one? No, it was like a drum. No. Yeah, it was something because I remember we were scaling the side of a cliff to get away from it or something. Is that the one you're talking about? Oh, there was a sand bug thing. Yes, that's like exactly. A part. Yeah, the, no, there's that I'm looking at the Muntrevor. I was, I was talking about a different Munchie. one, but yeah. Yeah. That the one was Azaluth. the... Oh, yeah, the Azuluth. Uh, the the Horror yeah. is that is the worm from... Uh, yeah. Um, Tremors. Beetlejuice. Oh, that one, yeah. Oh, I was thinking the Star Wars Beetlejuice, one, yeah. Tremors, yeah. Star oh, Wars, Dune, you name it. Big yes. worm burrows through mountains. Yeah. Uh, that was that was awful. <laughs> I'm glad I could create creatures from your nightmare. Oh, good, Tasmanian Devil's here on Jordan's screen. Creatures for your nightmares. Yeah. You're welcome. What is the single most memorable thing that your character did in Arc Two? Dion, let's start with you because I think we know. Uh, clearly, you guys, you guys will go with the kiss of death on that one. Uh, I don't think anybody was expecting me to kill her, which I thought was the obvious goal of setting them up. And keep in mind, I didn't want to kill anybody. To be fair, I didn't want to kill anybody, but they were pretty bent on making sure we free these fire elementals or something that they had captive. And yeah, Brand wanna, needed to free her uh, opposed kin. 
I, yeah, so I think me. why it was such a memorable moment besides the actual event is that in context to the rest of us, we're unsure of how we're going to do this. We, we're still thinking. And you're chatting up this this lady guard. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you guys are flirting. You guys are getting a lot. Like, all of a sudden, the tension turns to like, oh, is he just going to like win her over and maybe get a little no. romance? Like, oh, that's neat. So we go to kiss. Oh, they're kissing. And I stab her. Blammo. Like, it was such a hard left turn. Taken off guard. Unforgettable. It was so impactful and amazing. And well, the kiss was important for me to uh, prevent her from screaming. The only reason I was I went in for the kiss <laughs> that was, the, was, the thing. was to smother her mouth so that she couldn't scream. My mouth. That's that was part of our confusion because I, I think after it happened, we're like, "But you were kissing her," and you're like, "I had to muffle the screams." Like, oh, <laughs> he's very practical. You uh, sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it showed from the very beginning. You knew you were going to murder this lady like the, very much the romance was like <laughs> second fiddle you knew as soon as you walked over she she gone <laughs> uh what about you heather what was the I, for your character what was the single most memorable thing that happened for arc two finding the cocoa bean the first time that like, was wonderful and the chocolate that was exciting I liked that. Your eyes lit up. Yeah. So anytime, especially uh, like at the end of a, an act, if you will, uh, I tried to throw it in so that you had some level of excitement. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm I'm on this trajectory of finding the thing I've been searching for. My favorite uh, chocolate. Speaking on that, <laughs> do you remember? Do you know what I'm about to say? Maybe. It's the one where you grab what looked like a chocolate bar and it turns out it was dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you just started nodding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always hopeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren, what about you? I mean. I think definitely the whole finding the mother thing. And that was like, when that came out of your mouth as far, I was just like, (laughs) oh, I'm sorry. This is like, in that moment, I decided, nope, no, this is not going to be a friendly family reunion. Brand is not about this. She's much more practical. Nope. You can't my mother. You don't want to say hi to your mom. Up until she said that she never looked for you. Yeah, that was like, oh, let her to be. So, well, if I re- if I remember correctly, we the the seeds of this is Brand's mom happened at like they weren't um, before we met her. As we meet her. And then when it's either the conversation with her or talking to like other people just in between the next conversation where that info drops and and the rest of us like lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, as soon as David, as soon as David did that voice, I knew yeah. all the wheels clicked in my head. I'm like, that's Bran's mom. And this is hilarious. 
<laughs> I love everything that's happening here. I think at that moment, it was sort of like the decision was made of like brand, like this is part of her deal is like she wants family. She wants to find people that are like her because she was raised with people who weren't anything like her. And now that she's found people that look like her, but are so totally like it was like no brand is on her like she's on her own now she's a loner <laughs> like that's that's just how things are going to be now <laughs> so one of the things that uh i really liked about that uh is you would constantly bring up like i want to find my mom stuff like that <laughs> and one of my favorite ways to do that is to give you what you're looking for but also not <laughs> at all not. what you're looking <laughs> for <laughs> you know. David is, a, is a, just the living embodiment of a monkey's paw although <laughs> <laughs> her dad like was pretty great I was so, like that was kind of cool so that's one thing that I wanted to do with that as soon as you made it your life's mission to kind of find your mom uh, and I knew already I was going to have you guys hit all of the very, uh, save for the uh, the electrical base land, I guess. Uh, get those people. Yeah, I knew you Bizarre. were going to hit uh, the realm of the Ice Queen, and I knew early on that I wanted Bran to be a princess, uh, because why not? She's just like good old country. <laughs> hey y'all! Uh, hey y'all! Shooting ice around, nah. hiding under rocks, hiding behind Byleon, uh, and uh, oh, by the way, she's royalty. Um, and so when that happened, I knew you were gonna hate it, or you were gonna really <laughs> love it, and I was fine with either. But I also had figured uh, that I was gonna also have Brand be daughter to the fire uh, king so that you being raised by fire elementals wasn't completely outlandish you know hmm. um, but then I also at the later episode decided Cor Gorik was also the daughter of the flame or the son of the flame king so it turns out you had family the whole time <laughs> But it's all family like it. hated. <laughs> In gray, I do not claim these people. This is not really inbred. They're like two separate, almost species that came together to make uh, to make brands. But yeah. it's worse that she has two parents from two different group groups, and neither one of them decided to raise her. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And uh, I can write that off however I want, but the, the fact of the matter is both your parents sucked, Brand. <laughs> <laughs> you can have okay. That, that is a thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Jordan, for Nikona, what is the single most memorable thing that Nikona did for you? So I've got two things, and it's the two aspects of the character. There is my favorite bit. And then there is my favorite character moment. Um, and the favorite bit was realizing and getting to follow through with the opportunity of, hey, Gorik, if you guys eat rocks and then you poop a rock, like, it's, that, was, that was one of those moments. Sometimes I have an in-character joke and it makes sense to make that joke. Other times, I can just say what Jordan is thinking without realizing that it's in character and literally just 
I wonder if they eat their poop was a me thing that just came out of Nikita. And then I was like, oh, that's, I love this. Let's, I, I have to steer into it. And I mean, we still were making references to it at the very end. So like, it was yeah. a really fun uh, comedic through line. But the, the, for those of you that might not remember when we talked about it briefly or weren't around for the conversation, Nikita becoming a werewolf was my idea. Um, I wanted him to take that. Oh, thank you, Besperot, for 20 months of Prime subscription. Wow, 20 months. Mm. Um, but it was an idea I, I came up with in a direction I wanted to take his character into forcing him into some realism and uh, to confront his upbringing and his viewpoint and how he handles things um, and for it to be tied in. I didn't know at the time that Ray was like, kill Jensar. <laughs> so it just happened to coincide with the same moment of Nikita failing to save Jensar and turning into the, like, it became this mixture of this perfect moment for galvanizing the, the second half of what I wanted his character to be. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, knew, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to, I wanted that arc I wasn't sure how I wanted to let it grow, and as mm-hmm. soon as as soon as we came up with the werewolf idea, I was like, "There we go." So, <laughs> now Ray's not with us tonight. Uh, he has some family business he's tending to. Uh, but I will ask you all, and I think I know the answer. What's the most memorable Gensar moment that you guys have? Heat <clears throat> bah. <laughs> Alright, that's what I thought. The explosion without heeding his comrade's safety. Uh, what about Ray? Because I think I think oh, yeah. what led up to that, that was good yeah. despite um, Ray's cavalier attitude, let's put it that way, for safety, I think part of what made that moment as bad as it was is and we've all i think all of us have kind of had a moment of mixing up the two with the system is the difference between radius and diameter and when i think when ray heard how big the explosion was he was he was thinking Mm -hmm. one when it was actually like oh that's the diameter no that's the radius you're all in it yeah (laughs) so he thought it was a good move the moment until yeah. as soon as David started laughing, we knew we were in trouble. <laughs> At least once it worked out okay. Yeah. And so, really, you only need just the one, so. <laughs> yeah. It worked out okay? No, it didn't. It, it had lasting <laughs> repercussions. You survived. Uh, true. Turned me into a babysitter. I noticed that. Are you talking about the ducks? No, no the, uh, keeping uh, Jinsar away from explosions became a full-time uh, job. Yeah, the ducks was fun. Ducks, I love the ducks. Though, even yeah. though I was a duck, I think I think instead of that being like what's a what's a single character moment, you'll you remember it's like our party moment is the ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the single character though. What was your favorite wog experience? Favorite's a strong word. <laughs> what is the most memorable wog experience? About tongue use. What was that, Heather? Just when we met him, like what? It's a what? It's a frog. 
sounds like that. Frog that's a log. Oh, yeah. It's also Sog. It was a song. Then it's Wong. From the book. Oh, yeah, his voice yeah. is funny. Dion, the tongue like as a weapon was very funny. Yeah, um, it, was, it was trippy. Yeah. It was like a lasso, Wong. but different. The ultimate hand-to-hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tongue what, hand. what were you about to say, Lauren? I was just... Like, Wog was the best in those, like bar situations because in arc one we had reg and reg would just march up to people and be like hello my name is reg and who is you you know and you could just sort of like set him loose and be like find some information who's a good boy go get him go get him yeah and wog was i don't know wog wog was pretty good at he'd just go in and he'd get slapped or whatever and you're like okay we're just gonna stand so he's in like the and watch him chaotic balance to reg yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had the yin and now we have the yang. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, with running a show like this and doing really any role playing <laughs> game like this, there's a little behind the scenes stuff that happens. Um, one of those things is talking to uh, players as a someone who's running a game when there's a crucial idea that's had, or hey, I really want my character to do X, Y, and Z. I have gotten from Ray so many of those, hey, I want this character to die. (laughs) 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 Or or something to that effect. And I think everyone at some point gets to a point with their character where, you know, they love and appreciate the character, but it might just be like, I've kind of done all I can with this and want to change the pace. And that's completely natural, obviously. Uh, But I remember when he messaged me about, hey, I got this other character concept and I don't feel like I can do much with Jensar. I want Jensar to die. I was like, okay, I have a really great idea about how he can die uh, because I had written the episode already. Here's what you need to do to ensure your character dies. (laughs) And so uh, he did it. And, I didn't know. I didn't know that part of it. That yeah, he, that was intentional. Yeah. So he knew he was gonna die. Uh, but as me, like even with Rog, when uh, the Caden stuff happened, like he knew there was a real chance he was gonna die. Uh, with Wog, when he drove that thing into the Vakerbahn, the explosive carriage, we hadn't talked about that ever. That was a very real, uh, are you sure you want to do this moment, which very rarely happens on our in our group. Uh, and so to watch him resolutely say, I trust my plot armor, I'm going down. Uh, I was like, I don't know what to tell you. This 1,500-point explosion kills everything, and it incinerates you. Um but that Is was that really what he funny. Said, we don't die on the show. Yeah, he, he didn't say that? that, but it was he's, like a couple episodes chat, later. Uh, chat will take care of me. Yeah, that yeah, was like, so why did proudly think declared. Mm-hmm. How much do they love me? And he said that he said this after trying to kill Swifty. So it was like, are you <laughs> sure? Are yeah. you sure? <laughs> what were you about to say, oh, Lauren? So he was tired of Jinsar, So he was tired of Bog too. No, that's what I'm saying. He didn't 
communicate to me that he wanted Wog to die. He just benevolently said, hey, uh, this is the way this thing has to be killed, and I'm going to go do it. Oh. Yeah. So. He died a hero. No, I'm just upset that I got flack for, like, damaging Jensar that one time. Like when he wanted to die anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that was that, that was, was like early on. I think that was too early. No, that's yeah. true. But he still he didn't die, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. Can we speaking of those rush, early? Can though. we talk about everyone's favorite duckling? Oh yeah. So when Raven joined the show, obviously it was awesome. I loved Garrett Gridlock from Arc One. Did you guys anticipate? Uh, Raven playing his arc two character David Threepwood the way he did. He, he gave me a heads up. I just didn't. I don't know. I still didn't expect the intensity of the yeah. the insanity moments, and I loved every second of it. David Threepwood was an awesome character. <laughs> just because it was so he's because he didn't take any. Uh, magic. No magic. <laughs> yeah, and it was like this realm is all about the magic and the potency, and he's like, cool I have story, like 20 bro. potency, but only because like your character starts off with 20 potency, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was very funny uh, to watch him watch everyone else use magic in some way, and him to be like trying to do it, but like as a player, he knew he couldn't. Uh, so he would just <laughs> I wiggle my hands and uh if there was a boat here yeah. but the damage that he put down was insane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he uh I, I, you know there there are certain things with certain characters where uh, they come upon like the thing that just works you know for Brand it was Steam Blast for Callisto, it's using the carpet to just shoot arrows vertically down into people's head. <laughs> For Caden, it was using the, the essence axe to literally cut their enemy's health in half. Uh, for Nikona, it was bouncing around the battlefield using punchies from a distance. Uh, for David Threepwood, it was uh, the... Um, oh, gosh. The the meme. I just started a blasting. You yeah. know, just pew 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 I think pew. I'm, I'm pretty sure I put that Danny DeVito gift Danny DeVito, in chat like all the time. Yeah, every yeah. time. <laughs> all the time. Uh, and David Threepwood, what do you do? <laughs> well, so I started blasting. Uh, my my personal favorite moments from Arc Two involve almost all of you uh, and chat. My favorite moments was any time someone redeemed make my monster grow. Because this was, it was never boring. just one. <laughs> hey, why didn't they ever make our characters grow? Well, I grew. That. Brand grew. Yeah. So the first time it happened, they made an enemy grow and brand, and then it was suddenly then, a freaking yeah, Godzilla yeah, fight. Yeah, we had a kaiju battle. It was amazing. Yeah. And and I didn't know they like, could do we that. We were in a small, <laughs> yeah, close room, like, oh. too, which yeah. made it worse. 
<laughs> and the enemy had, what is it? Uh, it did damage if you were next to it. It did fire damage per mm-hmm. turn. It's like, because he grew, all of you are in range of this damage. And we're yeah. like, well, this is it. We're going to die. Welcome. Goodbye, everybody. My favorite instance <laughs> of Make My Monster Grow was when they made David Threepwood grow and he became a normal human sized person. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. He doubles in size to a whopping six Mecha, foot tall. Mecha David Threepwood. <laughs> yeah. So, going through uh, the rest of this, we're going to get to a uh, portion in one second about the old where are they now. Um, at any point, I know you guys distrusted Belfeath a lot. At any point, did you suspect that he was not Belfeath anymore? No. I was no. just trying to be antagonistic. Okay. I just thought he was out for his own whatever, and we were just his pawns. Yeah, I, I didn't understand, and I thought the way he raised Nicona was horrible. But that was just like it. The funniest thing about <laughs> Nicona is I, I I realized almost pretty much I I knew from the get go when David and I discussed what their relationship would be, be like here. Okay, you've been with him the longest because that would that established Nikina being in the Azur long enough to be able to use the new skill set. Um, so I immediately was like, oh, I'll just have like the really, really horrible uh, ab- abusive relationship as my as my uh, basis for dark comedy of just Nikina doesn't understand this is a bad relationship. Um, and finally, at the moment he kind of understands this isn't cool is the moment where Belfi starts acting differently and then that confuses him more which led to a lot of and then to then find out at the very end of everything like yeah the reason he was different is because he he wasn't Belfi anymore yeah it was uh, just so much <laughs> it was, i really loved how dark a turn that took because <laughs> it really was bad so, uh, where are they now? Uh, with the end of Arc 2, uh, we see the Associates disbanded. Uh, you have killed Belfeath, you've killed the Vakarbon, you have served directly the Outcast King, and he offers you each uh, a seat at his table of leadership. And uh, some of you took it, some of you didn't. Let's, uh, let's hear what your characters do in the immediate what they are doing two to three years from now and what happens five to ten years from now for your character so uh does anyone have anything already somewhat solidified in their minds i'm curious because i know flynn said he was going to do something but i am very curious to see if you allowed it to succeed what I was going to try to bring back Belfie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to try to recover his essence. So, from a mechanic standpoint, no. It You can try, and that's very benevolent of you to do. Uh, however, because of the way essences and all that work, it doesn't exactly work. His There would need to be some remnant of it for that to happen. But because of how everything went down when their essences swapped, there's nothing left of him. His uh, the body 
is effectively just a container for someone else's essence. It'd be no different if you use shape change, basically, at this point. William? <laughs> Sorry. So if they swap essences, I can go get the other guy's body to get the essence out of that. I, I, I just figured that Belfie's essence is somewhere. Right, it's it's somewhere out there. Oh, okay. I'm I'm with you now. I'm with you. All right. So uh, I'm not gonna weigh in on that. I'm gonna allow that to be a limited edition one shot. The search for Belfeith featuring Flynn. On a buddy cop journey. Yeah, I'm okay with that. If you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, in the short term, Callisto is trying to grow some cocoa bean mm. and make chocolate. And it's it, pretty much ignoring everything else. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in your greenhouse. This has got to work. It's got to. So that's what I mean. She's creating artificial weather inside of the Azure to support her uh, non-Azurian crop. Yes. Probably. She's probably like reading off spells off of her body, has the no most, idea. The most Just dangerous part of this is raining this or whatever. Is, yeah. This is the equivalent of a drug addict deciding to try and like create <gasps> their own drugs. It's the Azure's version of Honey Pot Pie Shop. Oh my goodness, <laughs> no, yes. This is she starts peddling it to the natives. <laughs> yeah, pies before you know it. Yeah. She becomes the the Willy Wonka of the Azure. <laughs> yep, that was my goal. She goes yeah. and captures chocolatiers from Arathe. Yeah, <laughs> great idea. It's all lambkai. She just brings a bunch of lambkai back. And that's how Flynn gets his uh, gets to know the the his others friend. of his of his there species. You go. Yeah. This is yeah. The, this so is the lambkai are your oompa loompas. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, no. Such a picture of lamb kind now, with orange faces and green hair. Uh, they're not all <laughs> I mean, like we, that. We did. A, I mean, we did establish all the oompa loompas or the lamb kind. The lamb coloring. Kai. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can all have them wear lederhosen. Yeah, that'll be there fine. You go. Um, what about uh, Brand? I know you had some uh, some significant yeah. plans for Brand. Some regicide. Um, yeah, Brand was. She wasn't gonna try to take on. Someone just had an idea. <laughs> Jordan, what broke? Uh, <laughs> I may have dropped a metal ruler. I'm sorry. Cool. Uh, um, yeah, um, and I considered. She'd definitely go after her mother because her mother's stupid enough. She feels like. can take over. The the ice, um, the flame king, not as much. Um, and he did teach Brand like the um, the spells that she needed mm-hmm. as far as using fire. So she's like, eh. Um, but honestly, I really feel like Brand would just kind of march in and get her mom to wander off into the azure somewhere and just lose her way. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Hey, Ma, look. And a just cookie. take over. Yeah. And just it's eat it into the wilderness. <laughs> she, does, she, she does the E.T. Reese's Pieces trail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're saying you wouldn't kill your mom? Just no, I don't think brain. she'd kill her. I think she'd just, just let her wander her. off. Yeah. But she, she could wander back. But. 
to to Bran's defense, that's exactly how she got lost for so long. So, so I'm the. I feel like it's poetic justice as far as like you lost me and you never like found me again. So get lost. Turnabout is fair play. Yeah. Mm. Maybe she'll go hook up with your daddy. Ooh. Oh, hey, you really thing, King. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Little does Brad know that her mom's a tactical strategist. That's the only thing she. That's like the one thing she's good at. <laughs> is battles. <laughs> she overthrows the Flame King somehow. <laughs> hey, Brandy, it's me, Mom. Good news. Oh, dear. Uh, what about Nikona? <laughs> What's the the immediate future look like for Nikona? So, uh, as we had talked about, Nikona's primary interest at first was helping Flynn with his uh, with his endeavor. Just just because Nikona's still trying to deal with all the shenanigans that happened in that relationship with uh, Belfi. Um, but uh, I think we we lightly talked about it in the the after show last week. Um, the desire would be for Nikana to fill that power gap because someone is going to. It might as well be someone who has been mistreated by power and knows, you know, wants to make a positive correction. Uh, and help out people in a way that he wasn't. Um, and so Nick and I will have established the Belfie Arcane Research Facility. No, not the barf. <laughs> as soon as you started reading it, I saw your eyes look over. I was like, he made an acronym. <laughs> You'll notice. You'll notice as soon as we went. Uh, if you look back in the the vod here, mm-hmm. when the question started, I had a realization at the acronym, and my eyes lit up, and then the screen lit up as I opened Word to type it out, <laughs> so I wouldn't forget. That you, was that, you uh, that was wonderful. <laughs> so, what about uh, what about not the immediate future? What what does down the road look like for each of your characters? Well, now that I've thought about it, uh, Callisto uh, does not reconnect with the world. She's just surrounded by her lamb guy. She's she's Willy Wonka. Brewing up chocolate 24, just trying everything she can. <laughs> One day she'll realize she needs to Serve pass on to an heir. She'll have a contest because that's fun. And yeah. <laughs> It did one lucky uh, poor child. I mean, uh, imagine if I could get a factory running with chocolate through my pipelines. Actually, you know, the uh, the old uh, steam fortress would probably be a great place to Ooh. make chocolate. There you go. Currently occupied by the Flame King's uh, army, so you could have someone to melt the chocolate. Yeah. Perfect. So that's then, what she's doing. Uh, then you can work with Brand on using uh, cooling technology for shipping logistics. There you go. <laughs> Dry ice well, Yeah. And that might even work because I could see Brand trying to make some sort of alliance between the two kingdoms now that she can control both elements. Yeah. Um, Chocolate Empire, y'all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what about everyone else's character? What's the long-term heaven store for your character? 
I, I, I think aside from the the helping, you know, the barf. Yes, outside of uh, outside of operating barf, um, Nikita in that same vein, kind of with the same organization, would I thought I thought that occurred is there's a lot of dangerous, uh, terrible, random stuff in the Azure. And you know what would be nice? Essentially the Azure equivalent of like park rangers. Mm. Like a force a force to be out there and help uh, help rescue people uh, that might get put in a bad situation or at the same time still try and keep the balance of nature a little bit. Does that mean you're gonna enlist the services of the Azurian rider, Calvin Owen? I, I mean, if he applied, I don't think I don't think Nikana and Calvin actually talked in that. Episode. I don't think so. I think it was uh, Nikana was too busy singing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, so uh, we have Callisto's surrounded by her Oompa Loompas in solitude. Uh, what about Flynn and Brand? What are they? What do they got going on long term? Oh, I see. Flynn is uh, he's a henchman for life. He he doesn't ever want to rule anything. He just wants someone to pay him, and he just goes out and does a job. So uh, he can literally be working for anyone for any reason, given his um, his loyalties to whoever. Number two position at Barf. <laughs> <laughs> Long as Bart pays well, well. There you go. <laughs> I mean, we're we're uh, directly under the uh, the king, so you know. But... Yeah, I can listen to him. So uh, definitely passing on the fighting and healing skills that he uh, learned throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll explain in a little while what happens to Sog because uh, there's a little lore that happens there that's important. Um, but as far as uh, Arc 2 in its entirety goes, uh, we had uh, a handful of guests uh, that were able to pop in and uh, reprise roles or take on some roles. Uh, do you, who was your favorite guest character? Not necessarily the person, but the character they played. I mean, I don't want to besmirch any of the wonderful actual guests we had, but Raven being back for the finale was my favorite. But that's <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help myself. I figured I squealed, you'd say that. I squealed like a little schoolgirl. I was so happy. Yeah. What about everyone else? Oh, <laughs> uh, I definitely enjoyed having Raven back at the end, but there was the. Um, uh, the sort of, I don't even know if she was evil or what her deal was. The, the person that we met up with and uh, we ended up um, sieging that one place that we ended up taking over. Vontrica. Oh, me. yeah, that's it. Vontrica. Yep. Yeah. Vontrica. That character... <laughs> that character has some depth to it in the sense that I had no idea whether or not she, that character was ever on our side at any point in time. Yeah. It's like, so is Vondrico with us 
or yeah. no? So when we were developing, uh, so I knew I needed a character that was an operative that you guys needed to go save, who would have the intel you needed. Um, and when I was writing what I wanted that NPC to be like, I realized, realized I needed someone who uh, was not me to be suspicious of you guys and like not able to trust you all easily. Uh, and so we've had... Did I ever lie to you? <laughs> uh, Steph did a really great job uh, portraying that for multiple reasons. One, she is uh, a seasoned role player in Arcmaster, so uh, or Dungeon Master, and so she kind of knows how to develop NPCs and like that and gives them some depth. But then also her being given like not a lot of info, but like what her character would know and jumping in on a persistent campaign was the absolute right amount of, mm, I don't know about these random people who are in this fortress for no apparent reason. Seems a little (laughs) too good to be true. Uh, But watching that interaction between you all was so fun for me. Uh, oftentimes when I can just sit back and watch, it's always great, but that in particular were some really cool moments. Um, and then as far as, uh, the Azure Queen, Alva Slog. That was, I was trying to think of, of her name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like the Queen. Yes. Everyone knows her as the Queen. Uh, I had so we had uh, Beholder to No One, uh, their podcast, uh, jump on, uh, and one of the things that I loved about that character was uh, that Nikki did such a great job portraying the um, the the benevolent leader who knew her power level but chose not to lean into it too hard, you know, like. <laughs> That was really cool to go back and forth with her, back and forth with her to get that uh, that interaction to happen. On that note, though, today I received the first draft of the book about that character. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, all of our cast members will get a copy to read through at their leisure if they would like. Uh, and we will send it off for editing and all that fun stuff. But it is really cool. Uh, Andrew Bradfoot, who uh, is our content director, did a great job writing it. And I'm super stoked to be sharing that uh, when it's ready. Um, so with the last uh, kind of 20 minutes, uh, I want to do a little, a little something that I couldn't do with uh, Arc 1's episode 50. Um, <laughs> Arc two, Arc 2.5 is going to be run by Dion. And then we will uh, start Arc 3 once that is finished. Uh, Dion has already written uh, and developed and has concepts for Arc 2.5. Uh, what I'd like to do is, Dion, if you're up for it, kind of give our listeners and our viewers just a synopsis of what we can expect for Arc 2.5. Maybe a little, you know, just a little, hey, here's here's what Episode 1 intro is like. And then I'm going to do the same thing for Arc 3, if that's okay. 
Sounds good to me. Um, so in Arc 2.5, I want to... Um, I'm going to have everybody playing a legendary character. So I've, I've created these legendary characters that are really powerful and they're in the midst of uh, trying to accomplish some task. Okay. And you'll find out more about that task, obviously, next week. Um, and when they play these characters, they're not their characters, uh, per se. Um, and then we're, for the for the remaining episodes beyond that, we're going to go to their characters who I have to um, uh, sync up. Like some of them already know each other, but others in that character cast do not know each other. And they're going to be doing things and they're going to be meeting characters um, that I think everybody's going to find quite interesting. In fact, they will meet people from Arc 1. I am stoked about that. Actually, one of the characters from Arc 1 is in the cast, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be... Um, I think you guys are going to get a kick out of it. Um, and as far as Lauren's concern, um, you know, you're you're welcome to participate in as much as you uh, you you want to participate. Um, I think uh, I think there's parts of this arc that you personally would have found sad anyhow. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. What are you saying? Don't don't play. Stay away. <laughs> no, I'm saying play. I'm saying play, but I'm just saying there will be. There will be uh, some things in here that that you probably wouldn't be too happy with. At least there will be at least one incident in here that I can guarantee you would be happy with. In fact, I don't know if anybody in the cast is going to be happy with it, to be honest with you. It's probably going to leave a bad taste in people's mouth. I mean, (laughs) but there's going to be so much other great stuff. We run into PAX and PAX dies again. (laughs) (laughs) if only it was that simple yeah i mean if if something (laughs) horrible is gonna happen the perspective of one of the characters is uh unreliably skewed Mm, true uh so with uh our remaining 15 minutes uh we have a a, i'll i'll give you a quick synopsis the the intro the prologue to arc three but it requires uh, going back to <laughs> where is Sog now? Uh, Sog is what Wog was before he was turned into Wog. And as we saw, Dion playing was. Flynn resurrected Sog, uh, who is inevitably going to find his way back to Erethe. And uh, he will be brought in as one of the characters for Arc 3, which is centered around a very powerful sorcerer named Vezifal. He was a gifted sorcerer, and after many centuries of study, he had mastered many fields of magical practice and developed many powerful spells. Through adventures and architectural journeys to discover artifacts, Vesifal came upon a method of attaining a version of immortality. He spent many more years gathering supplies, practicing and preparing for the ritual. At long last, Vesifal had become a lich. 
With his newfound power, Vesifal began hoarding wealth and gathering followers. He spent his time ravaging cities and destroying those who opposed him. After decades of this, he decided to settle down and sequester himself away to the study of potency. He appointed a regent to manage his tower and his various projects. After a while, Lich Vesifal felt that it was time to invest in a project he has only dreamed of until now. He wanted to build a dungeon. Lich Vesifal instructed a regent to hire everyone he needed to build and maintain a dungeon. Lich Vesifal's hope was to attract heroes to the dungeon. In doing so, he planned to funnel the accumulated wealth and gear from the heroes back into the dungeon itself and other projects. Over the course of the initial build, though, Vesifal's attention moved to other interests, making his regent's sole purpose the development and management of the Lich's dungeon. The regent, being instructed that the dungeon is a zero-waste dungeon, has decided to bring on a host of interns on board to help keep the dungeon running smoothly as they prepare to begin development on a lower level. The heroes are the interns in a corporately run dungeon. Nice. Oh, hey, there. And uh, <laughs> Sog will be one of those interns. Uh... One of the things I decided, by the way, uh, for the first episode of Arc 3, and I will give you no information as to what this will be about, uh, the introduction of your characters will be the last interview question in your internship interview. <laughs> Wait, gonna, say that again? You know how for an internship you gotta have to do that initial interview? You will uh -huh. be asked the final question of the interview with uh -huh. no context whatsoever. And it will what be... A, years? <laughs> yeah, not even that. It's going to be something a little bit more simple, like, what, what can you bring to the dungeon as an organization? Something stupid like that, where it's uh, fill in the blank, the, good luck. I keep it. I gotta keep my immediate response inside just in case I get asked it. I have to think of something bigger than chocolate. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely getting asked it. He's telling us that he's going to be asking us this. Oh, I think that, <laughs> I think the question's gonna vary between us, though. Yeah, it will be not anything that you can probably think of right now. Uh, <laughs> if you were a fruit. Now... Because we're doing it this way for Arc 3, and I, I think we've all kind of loosely discussed it, but to put it on record, Arc 3 will all be able to play monstrous characters as quote-unquote bad guys, but again, you just live and work in a dungeon, so uh, it'll be fun. I was explaining to my oldest this, this evening the concept, and I, I was like... It'd be like if you were on your home planet, you know, you're not a human, you're some kind of alien, and then a, a random box made of metal lands on your, you know, your front lawn, some guy in green armor jumps out and starts shooting at you. Like if you were the Covenant from a Halo game. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. I'm excited for it. Now, as we finish up here, I have one final question. What would you like to see happen to your characters should we come back to revisit them? 
remembering some of those spells. Okay. Let's say they were <laughs> immortalized in a book about the Azur, maybe the expansion. Where would your characters be in a book like that? Oh, my character could be anywhere in that book as sheep, as a, as a, as the as the as the loyal henchman, right? There, there's <laughs> always some guy that's just paid to do X job. <laughs> whether it's whether it's stand in front of this door <laughs> and make sure no one enters, or what if Flynn has created an organization of henchmen and is like a placement. He's the, he's the like DoorDash of henchmen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> DoorDash. Henchmen? All right, I got you covered here. So, so what skill sets do you need the henchmen to have? <laughs> okay, so you need HR, the ranger. Your zip uh, recruiter for okay. henchmen. That, that that could work. I can see Flynn doing something like that. That would be very funny. What about everyone else? Uh, Brand, I'm assuming, is Ice Queen. Well, I feel like if we're going to dream big, like, she'd be trying to take over as many kingdoms as possible. So, like, ice and fire for sure. You know, maybe send uh, Gorik out as her regent to the uh, mm. rock kingdom. I mean, why stop there? Yeah. Like, is it just limited, though, to... The, the world of elementals is, is that where you're, you're you're starting your focus is to uh, capture yeah. and control all of the elemental uh, lands. Brand's yeah, gonna I mean, be a mogul. Like, you like start where she's like kingpin basically. Oh my god! You start I start where you put relationships. You know. Yeah. I'm gonna reference our one shot. Uh, Brand is gonna be responsible for the creation of Admiral Azur. <laughs> she will unite all of the elements and then create the the, the powerful being, and that is Captain Planet, Admiral Azur. Admiral we don't want to get sued. Oh. <laughs> looting and pol- looting and polluting is not the way. <laughs> so what? what how, where are these heart the elementox? <laughs> what, what, what would be a heart? <laughs> Those are the lamb kai that um, are making the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Wind, water, child labor. Chocolate. Made <laughs> <laughs> in chocolate. Demonic child labor. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really child labor? It's really going to just become no. a slurm factory from technically, no. but technically, yes. What is Callisto's uh, placement in this in, in the book? What is her title? What is she doing? Antagonist. She's going to question everything because she remembers nothing. So she's always got to be wondering if someone's lying to her. Mm-hmm. Would you that? see her as the fate spinner? Ooh. Mm-hmm. There's an opening there. <laughs> Rumor has it the previous person in that position was brutally murdered. <laughs> he didn't see it coming. Oh no. Apparently he did because he had a contingency for it. Yep. <laughs> uh, and Nikina is now the head of the augury vestige. And, and Barf. Barf is not making it in the book. <laughs> Barf, <laughs> Barf, Barf like for life, Barf. baby. 
Uh, what, what did that stand for? What did BARF stand for again? The Belfeet uh, Arcane Research Facility. <laughs> and Callisto would be against that. <laughs> you know, it would be funny is to watch Callisto give people their fortune, like tell people their fortune, like be a fortune teller, but she doesn't know, so she has to do her own every time she does somebody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she is really. Yeah. A great fortune teller. Uh, let's test this out. Uh, uh, let's see. Nikana, can you can you ask Callisto about your, your fate? Hey, hey, Callisto. Um... <laughs> Could you like, like, you know, stuff happens to people. Can you like tell me what that stuff that happens to people is to me? I, uh, you will become wise. <laughs> How? Uh, that I do not know, but I can see it. <laughs> a lot of barf in your future. <laughs> <laughs> Just starts licking his hand. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been enlightening. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, everybody on our cast, thank you so much for making this game so much fun uh, and making each episode week to week, week to week so memorable. <laughs> Sorry, all I'm thinking about is barf and the bees are coming out. Uh <laughs> Next week, we will begin arc 2.5, helmed by Dion. Uh, Dion, how much roll 20 map do you need on stream? Um, so, I have a map for the um, the episode coming up. There's going to be some areas that I do not have a map for, and I was going to wing it. Um, so, we're going to do that. We're going to do that verbally. So okay. it'll probably be more of a pleasurable experience for the uh, podcast listeners, actually, when we do that. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I'm doing that is because we're going to be visiting places um, that you've had uh, maps for in the past. Um, and I don't want to duplicate. I don't I don't want to have to go through there and try to oh, yeah, rebuild yeah. all of that stuff. It's, it'll just be easier to just talk through. Yeah. Some of the, the sites that you guys have been to in the past. Cool. We um, I'm, f- we'll talk later. But for arc three, I'm thinking about doing a little bit more like we're doing this interview. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that point when we get there. So uh, we will see you guys next week for the exciting first episode of arc 2.5 we are not going to hang out in uh chat we're going to play our exit video and be on and about our day so uh everybody i hope you have a great week and we will see you next week when we get all the things together and you can finally watch us all be silly I mean, no one asked me about my tiara the whole time. <laughs> You're just used to you at this point, so yeah. my question is... Oh, I've become predictable. It's been an hour and a half, and you are literally right. We never asked you about the tiara. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> If you're interested in delving deeper into the history of Arathay, please visit ShatteredDawn.com and purchase one of our books in our shop, either in hardcover or PDF format. 
This show is impossible to do without support from our viewers and our listeners. If you're interested in supporting us, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash shattered dungeons. There you can find more content delving deeper into gameplay mechanics, character creation, and interviews with our staff, our cast members, and the creators. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch under Shattered Tabletop Games. There we'll post more information and more links to more content as it comes out. We appreciate you listening and can't wait to share our next episode with you.